Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. That's okay. I want to talk to you today about identity. I want to talk to you about the difference between who we think we are versus who he says that we are. It's not about what we are, but it's about who he created us to be. So, you know, the thing is, is that in the garden, if we go way back thousands of years, when we were created, God, um, you know, uh, it's funny because we were just talking about this last night. Daryl learned this lesson from my son, who is now working in sound. We were talking about this because Daryl and Katie and Wade and I used to work in youth ministry together, um, serve in youth ministry, and and um, and we were talking about Nathaniel and how um, one of the things that they were talking about the Word of God and what happened in the garden, and one of the things that he talked they were talking about was the fact that. Us, human beings, are the only thing that God actually molded and crafted with his hands. Everything else he spoke into existence. And so not only did he uh, create us and shape us and breathe life into us, I always love that part, that he breathed life into us, but that he found that kind of value inside of us. And he said to the others around him, he said, let's create man in our image. And I love that because then we should reflect the image of our creator. And that's the design that he created us for. Um, when you think about in the garden, what happened is that, you know, we talk a lot about it was all so good before the fall, right? The fall. And uh, we like to place this moment of time. And there was a moment of time. But even more interesting than that is that before that, we were living in perfection. We were living in perfect harmony and unity with heaven, with the Father. It said that he would come and walk with them in the cool of the day. What must that have been like? They were, um, they were naked in the garden. There was no awareness of anything other than their perfection or their image bearing of their creator. They were content and happy to be with him. And so there was no shame or guilt or any of those things. Anybody ever struggle with anything like that or wondering who am I and what am I supposed to do and where am I supposed to be or doubt or confusion? Those are things that came after, after the temptation, after the serpent tempted Eve in the garden. And so the part about this story that I love so much, there's so much, and I could spend a ton of time just talking about this, but I think the thing that I want you to grasp the most is that before that moment when the serpent tempted Eve to eat of the fruit, and the way that he did that was there's no way that God wouldn't want you to partake. Why would he put it here if he didn't? And so I think that there's a lot of... um, revelation in that moment because sometimes the enemy talks to us like that too well why wouldn't he want you to be like that well why isn't it okay for you to be this or be that or partake of this or partake of that and it's always it always blows my mind I wasn't there and I deal with my own temptations and and issues and things like that 
But it always blows my mind to think that they were in this perfect place that God had provided for them, this beautiful place. But they became so focused on the one thing in the garden that God had just asked them not to touch. Don't touch it. Just don't partake of that. You have all of these other things, you know. You can enjoy in freedom all of these other things. Just don't touch it. But what, what I think I want to focus on in this moment is the significance of what happened at that moment that she decided to eat of the fruit. What happened when Adam and Eve decided to eat is that shame and guilt came in and awareness of their imperfection because up until that point, they were perfect. And so when God came to find them, and as parents, this being family service, we all understand this process of when you know where your kid is, but you're still like, Elias, where are you? You know most of the time where they're at, but you say it anyway. You know, what are you into? And you've already heard the, the kitchen cabinet door open. You know they're in there getting a snack. They've already had a snack, but they're in there getting another one, right? I think that was very much the same in the garden, when God came looking for Adam and Eve, and he said, where are you? And Adam's response was, I'm naked. And he hid from him. He hid from his creator. He hid from the one that created him. And up until that moment, he had been naked with him for however long it had been. And they had walked together in perfection. He was not hiding anything from his creator but the recognition and the understanding that he was not complete or whole hit him in an instant when he began to eat of the fruit. And we can find that in our own self because we live in a broken world, unfortunately. And we continuously, as followers of Christ, work to build the kingdom and to correct the lies of the enemy in the shame and the guilt that came in in that moment. And that's part of the assignment on our life even, is to become who God created us to be. That when we become a new creation in Christ, when we begin to follow Christ, we take off what was and we put on what he created us to be back from the garden. We become a new creation in Christ. Now, the enemy likes to stay up to his old tricks that he started back in the garden of shame and guilt and misidentification. He's real good at misidentifying us. And he likes to label us with different titles and ideas. And, you know, one of the things that we ask kids in school um, pretty regularly, probably on an annual basis, what do you want to be when you grow up? Who are you? That's what we say. But what that means is not asking for an intrinsic identity. It's asking for a label or a title. So when someone asks you who you are, you tell them your name, you tell them what you do, you tell them where you live, but that really isn't your identity. Those are things that are actually on the outside. It doesn't have to do with the way that we were created. And so you may think, well, this is kind of elementary, but see, it's not. Because as long as we don't know who we are, the enemy can keep labeling us with all of the things that we are not. 
and all the ways that we miss the mark. And uh, anybody ever read that um, book, uh, Are You My Mama? Are You My Mommy? This little chick fell out of the nest, and I'm really just making this up because I didn't actually read the book before this morning, but I think I kind of remember what it was about. Okay, so y'all go with me. So this little bird falls out of the nest, and and uh, it doesn't know who its mommy is. It's not looked in a mirror. There's no mirror around for it to be like, this is my mommy, you know. So it would go around looking for its mother. And it would meet cats and other critters in the wild. <laughs> and it would ask, are you my mommy? Because it was looking for identity. It was looking for purpose. And that's what we do. And so, Sophie, I'm going to need your help. So God is always looking for relationship, and he's looking to reestablish that with us. He's looking to take us from shame and guilt, where we want to hide from him, like Adam and Eve did, and he wants to come into relationship with us, valuable, intimate, personal relationship with us. But what we do when we don't recognize our identity and our purpose, we begin to put on all these other things. And so today you may ask me who I am, and I'll say, well, I'm a mother. And that is true. That is a title that I carry. But it is not my identity. It's a part of me, but it is not the whole of me. And the whole of me is found in Jesus Christ. So what I do, Wade is an engineer, he's bivocational, he is an engineer, and he is a pastor. He is also a farmer, along with many, many other titles, but that is not his identity. Now, we can wrap up what we do into our identity, but that is not what God had intended for us. So you're going to have to follow me, okay, and hold the mic. So sometimes in the world we live in, because the world right now tells us we can be anything we want to be that there are no boundaries to that, really. It's pretty open. And so that causes a bit of confusion. And I really see that as part of the assignment of the enemy because until people really know who God created them and designed them to be, then we're never going to be able to see the fullness that God wants to release onto the earth. And so identity is at the root of uh, what we need to begin to, to speak into the earth. And we have to know, because if we don't know who we are, then the world can tell us whatever it wants to, and we'll become that. Even in the garden, that moment that Adam and Eve realized that they were full of shame, and they were full of guilt, and they were full of sin, but moments before that, they had no understanding of that at all. And so now that brings us to where we are today, where we wander through the world trying to figure out who we're going to be. And so today, you may be one thing. It's like, wow, look at these shorts right here. Maybe I'll just, they're brand new. They have tags on them and labels and all this sort of thing. Maybe I'll just be these shorts today. Let me just try this label on here and see how it fits me. So I'll put these shorts on, see if it works for me. You know, uh-oh. Uh I might need a belt. So I put these shorts on, and I walk around in these for a while, and, and I begin to identify with these shorts. These shorts are mine. <laughs> I am these shorts. Aren't these nice? Yeah, I'm these shorts. You like them? 
This is my identity right now. This is, I'm going to try this on, see if it works for me. Not because I'm, not because I'm bad, but because I have no awareness of who God really wants me to be, who he really created to me to be. And so I'm going to try on all these different things until I finally find what I've been looking for, which is God calling us back to our original creation, to commune with him, to identify with him. And so I'm just moving along, you know, and I'm like, eh, I don't really know about these. I kind of like them, but maybe I want some of this. This is kind of cool. Maybe I'll just be this. What is this? I'll just be this. I'm going to put this on. Let's see how it looks. And I'm going to become this for a little while because I don't know who I am. And it's easy for me to get distracted, and it's easy for me to get wayward. It's easy for me to get discouraged and lost because I haven't seen the Father. But he wants me to, and he's close and he's near. But for whatever reason, the calamity and the noise of the world and the enemy takes my focus from me being able to see who he created me to be from our original design, which is a son and daughter of God. He is yelling loudly but softly, and he's calling out, Abba, I'm right here. Father God, look at me, and I'll show you who you were meant to be. But see, as I travel along and I have all these ideas and feelings of what I should be or who I should be, I see something else. And I'm like, well, maybe today, in this season of my life, I'll just be this. This is this looks nice. Comfortable. Look at this. Wow, this one fits okay right now. So I'm going to gather up this one and hold on to it and wear it for a little while and see how it fits me. But it's just another label. It's just another thing that I can put on or take off that doesn't really add to my life. It's not who I am, but it becomes a what I am. It's a thing that I do or a thing that I become. Like, I take motherhood very seriously. It's one of the great joys of my life. I'm very, very proud of my kids. If you've been around me for very long, you know that I'm very proud of my seed. <laughs> and, uh, and motherhood's important to me, and it's definitely an important part of my life. But it is not who I am first and foremost, because if I become that, I will lose myself in that. But it's still very valuable. And the best thing that I can do for my family is to first be a, a daughter of the king. Because then I'm not functioning out of a place that tomorrow I may not feel like being a mom. Anybody, any moms in here ever said to your kids, hey, mom's not here? I mean, I've said it, but mom's not here. This is Becky. I'm Becky right now. <laughs> Mom is not here. She has left the room, and she'll be back in 10 minutes. Right? <laughs> That's right, because it's a lot sometimes, the things and the weights that we carry. But that's not the design that God created for us. If I can rest in his design and creation for me and live outside of all the things that I'm not and I can become who he created me to be, I can let go of all these other things. They become a part of me, but it's fueled out of my recognition of who he created me to be from original design. And that allows me to be able to love. So on the days when I don't feel like being a mom, I can lean into my daddy 
and I can remind, remind myself of who he said that I am. Or if I'm having one of those days where it just seems like my history and my past want to beat me up really good and, and the shame and the guilt of all that just wants to ride me. <laughs> like a really rough day. I can remind myself of who God created me to be. That I don't have to hide from him. I don't have to hide from God. That he marked me and he separated me. He crafted me and he breathed life into me. So just for kicks, maybe there's just maybe there's just one more thing I want to try on before I know. Because as I've wandered through, oh, yes, maybe this is what I need to feel complete and whole. What y'all think? I don't want to think about it. Just let me, let me go with it, Daryl. Just let me go with it. All right. I'm feeling pretty, I feel cool. I've got Daryl's hat on. It's sweaty. Just let it air out, man. Let it air out. <laughs> like this. Maybe I'll be this for a while. And that'll bring me some temporary joy. It'll bring me some temporary happiness. And maybe even it'll bring me a little bit of relief from what's been paining me or ailing me on the inside. But we cover all that up when really God's just wanting to identify us through him. And we get to this, a place where we've carried so much stuff and so much weight and so many labels and so many other identifications that we've completely forgot who he created us to be and for what purpose that he created us for. And we become lost, lost in our identity of who the world has told us that we are, lost in titles and roles that we can't perfect and keep up with. And we disappoint people and we let them down and we aren't the kind of person that we think we should be because we miss the mark, because our focus is on the wrong thing. It becomes about our doing and not about our being. It becomes about all the things that we can do and all the things that we can put out there that we are and we miss the part of just being. Being in the garden, knowing that he wants to walk with us he wants to commune with us. He wants to know us. He wants to identify us. He wants to mark us. And you know, I looked a little ridiculous trying to be all these things that he didn't create me to be. I'm getting a little warm. These pants, I'm just not very, <laughs> I'm feeling a little something. <laughs> I'm <quite> sure. <laughs> because I'm not comfortable in myself. Because I've put all these things on me that never were intended to be there. And he's just coming, and he's just saying, come to me naked. You don't have to hide from me. But instead, we want to button up, and we want to come to him with all the layers and all the things. And we say, well, we'll come to you later when I can let go of some of this. And he's just saying, come with it, and I'll cover it all with the blood and you don't have to pick it back up. It doesn't matter what people say and how they continue to try to put the labels on you. You can walk outside of that knowing that you're secure in who God has called you and created you to be, which is a son and a daughter. First and foremost, that's your identity, is a son and a daughter.
That's it. That's what he wants for you. And while we keep trying to find ourselves, we become a world that's more wayward with less and less direction. Wade and I were just talking about how the dark is darker and the light is lighter. Not that those really a thing, but there used to be this blending, which is lukewarm and not good. But <laughs> there was more of a blending. But now the dark is just, it's dark. But the light becomes so bright that it begins to shine into those dark places. And that's the light of God and the light of truth and righteousness, which is what we're to put on. And as we begin to put on that truth and that righteousness, then these labels begin to fall off of us. And there'll be times that we'll want to pick them back up. And there'll be a temptation to do that. And you'll become overwhelmed. And you'll think, when's my moment? Again, I'm ready to run and hide from you, God because I can't do it. And he's saying, actually, come to me. Come to me. Don't run from me. Run to me. And then I realized, you know, this hat just doesn't really fit me very well. Daryl's got a bigger head than I do. So I'm going to give, <laughs> I'm going to give it back to him because it was never meant for me. But we have to get to a place where, oh, this is, we just have to get to a place where, <laughs> sorry about that, <laughs> where we start allowing God to strip off those things that have no place in our life, the things that weigh us down, the guilt and the shame, a lot of it is the lies of the enemy. He gets in our head and he begins to tell us all these lies. And they are lies, and, and then he tells us that you are no good, and you're not ever going to be a good, good at what you um, want to put your hands to to build the kingdom of God. Or he loves to show us all the ways we've missed the mark, how we miss it on a daily basis. And if we'll just learn to turn our eyes to the Father, he wants to re-identify us in such a way that we truly understand who he created us to be. Saved by the bells, got to go. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 through 21. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge this, that if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all. Jesus, Jesus died for all of us. And God compelled, Jesus compels us that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. This is the story. This is the love story of salvation. It's the love story that Christ gave his life for us. And it's a beautiful story. And because of that, it compels us to think that he would die to cover all of our imperfections. That before we even were a thought, Jesus already did that. And it goes on to say that those who live should live no longer for themselves, for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. 
Yet now we know him like, no, uh, like this no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If you know Christ, you're a new creation. You don't have to carry all the labels. You don't have to walk in all that. And I'm telling you that there is a process of continually knowing him. There is a process of continuing. You may have said a prayer when you were five or 10 or 11, but maybe it stopped there. And if it did, then we can lose sight of what God really intends for us to know about him. And as we know him and we allow ourselves to become a new creation, we'll begin to know have greater understanding of who he created us to be. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now all things, hold on just a second. Sorry. Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God is in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not inputting their trespasses to them. Reconciliation means being brought back. When you reconcile with someone, you come back together. You've been separated, but now you have reconciled and you have come back together in agreement, in agreement to be joined together again. And reconciliation, forgetting the things that were before, because you can't live there, because if you do, you'll just bring it back into the newness of what God has created us to be and who he's created you to be. You cannot be a new creation and still be old. Being a new creation means new. That's a new thing. Like those shorts are brand new. Now, there were some other shorts I could have brought that are not new. They've been worn a lot. They're worn out. But those are brand new. And God desires to do that to us. When salvation takes place, it's not that, oh, that felt really good, and now I'm going to walk forward and be a Christian. But it is him transforming us. And that blood covering all of that guilt and shame. Because that newness means he wants to take us back to the garden. That new creation means he wants to know us like that. He wants to know us intimately because as we know him, we will know ourselves. We will know ourselves as he wants us to be known. That's a lot of knowing. Did y'all catch that? But it's true, every bit of it. So we need to break off the labels and the thinking that keeps you beneath your identity. You got to break those things off. Quit wearing the clothes you weren't meant to wear. And put on the garments, that the identity that God in, wants you to wear. Because that guilt and shame will keep you separated from who he wants you to be. So Christine Kane, I have a couple quotes I want to share with you. Christine Kane, she said, your history doesn't define your destiny. Where you were yesterday doesn't define where he wants to take you today. Or what he wants you to be today. It doesn't define your destiny. But we sure do like to punish ourselves and keep ourselves living in those old ways of thinking. But remember, we've been reconciled back. And we're a new creation. Damon Thompson said, said it like this. 
the reason you do what you do is because you don't know who you are. I think he's right, because if we fully understood who we were, we wouldn't sacrifice our identity to so many other things and people. We would understand our worth and value. We need a re-identification. He went on to say, instead of rebuking wrong behavior, you need to be re-identified. Salvation is not a uh, behavior modification program. Have y'all ever heard that? Christianity is not a behavior modification program. It's a re-identification program. I'm going to let Brittany come and share. I was going to say share. Brittany come and share some of her testimony. So, um, sorry, didn't expect that to happen. Okay, um, so I'm just going to share a little bit um, about where I've been to where I am now that goes along with this. Um, so I'm just going to start um, to share just so you understand the transformation that actually took place. Um, so when I was younger, um, I really enjoyed, like, hugging people, and I had a lot of joy and things like that. Um, but as I was growing up, I was told that I shouldn't do that because nobody wanted that from me, um, just because that's the way that my family operated and things like that. Um, and so I had stopped doing that um, and became a really shy kid and didn't want a lot to do with anybody. Um, and then as I got older, you know, that's what you do. You hug people to greet them and things like that. Um, and so I just wasn't comfortable with doing that because I had been told, you know, that's just not what we do. Um, and then as I started, I've always been in church, but um, I never really... Um, never really came to Jesus like I should. Um, and so a few years ago, probably like four years now, um, it seems so long ago, but not very long ago, all at the same time, um, I started um, drinking and I started um, taking pills and things like that because I wasn't sure who I was or what I was supposed to do or, you know, anything like that. Um, and so I thought, this is the next best option. Um, maybe this will take me to where I want to be. Um, and so for a long time, um, I was drinking every day. Um, I would have considered myself an alcoholic. Um, and I was taking pills, some of which I didn't even know what they were. Um, but I was hopeful that that would let me know who I was. Um, that it would show me places, you know, take me places that I've never been before, and then I would realize and understand who I was. Um, obviously, that did not work, um, but there was a moment where um, I had someone come up to me, and she shared a simple word with me, and she just said, you need to step into all that he has for you. The kingdom is depending on it. Um, and in that moment, I had no idea what that meant. Um, I didn't know, you know, I was like, how, how can I be here and he still want me to be what he had for me? Um, and the reason I shared about the hugging thing was because um, I know that I was created to love. And so even from a young age, that 
um, the lies of the enemy were trying to get me to not be what I was created to be in loving people. Um, and, um, and in the same thing, I was shy. Um, I used to, to talk a lot, but then I became shy because of all the things and all the words and things spoken. Um, but I also know that I have a voice to release what God has given me. And so even from a young age then, too, that the, those lies were attacking my calling and my giftings of what I was supposed to do as I grew up. Um, and so after I got that word, um, I just felt like there needed to be a shift. Um, and so there was a time, just a moment that I decided that I wanted, that I didn't want that anymore, but I wanted what he had for me. Um, and so I came to him, you know, and I was like, I don't want to do this. I want to be what you have called me to be. Um, and so he broke all of those things off, to, off of me, um, and it was an instant thing. I never had any withdrawals. I never wanted any of that from that moment on. Um, but I will say that as I came into his presence and I came to him, um, and when I prayed and things, I felt the guilt and shame of all the things that I had done. Um, and so when I prayed and when I did things, I always felt like I needed to start with an apology, even though I, he had already forgiven me for those things. I just felt like every time that that's what I had to do, that's what I had to do. Um, and then there was another moment where um, I was at church and people were praying for me. And I heard him say that um, he no longer wanted me to come as a slave, but as a child. Because I felt like I owed him something, like, because I had been so, I had done so much and not followed the way that he wanted me to and to do the things that he wanted me to do, that when I came, it was more like, well, what can I do for you because I owe you? What can I do for you because I've made all these mistakes or you have to want something to want me back? Um, and then he just kept reminding me every time that he wanted me to come, not as a slave anymore, but as a child. So... Some of you may have had a great father. Some of you may have had a crappy father. Some of your, your dads were okay. But um, if you can just for a second picture having the best dad ever, um, if you do something, he's not going to be like, nope, I don't want you to come back. You have to stay over there. No, he's going to open his arms, and he's going to pull you in and hug you and be like, you know, it's okay. We're going to get through this together type of thing. Um, and so I just, every time I come to the come into his presence now, I just come in as a daughter or a son, um, and I no longer come in as a slave. But sometimes there, the, the enemy tries to remind me of the, the guilt and the shame that I had, but he doesn't want us to come that way. He wants to come, come in as a child, you know. Uh, even though some of us are grown, he just wants us to crawl into his lap and just be like, Dad, I need you today. So... In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. 
He did this so that you can broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. And we all have a story, a moment, and moments that continue. And he does transform us into a new creation. It does not mean that the enemy doesn't like to remind us of our past. Because he does. He wants to keep us there. But we have to continue to look. Look to the Father. This um, was a, such a huge revelation for me. And so I say it a lot and use it as an example. Because sometimes we think that the enemy um, won't come against us now that we're recognized who we are. But it actually says that he'll set a table before you in the presence of your enemy. So that tells me that the enemy can be around all he wants. But I don't have to give him a moment's notice or a moment's attention. Because that table has been set by my father. And if I'm sitting at a table with my father, I'm going to be locking eyes with him. And that's what I need to be focused on. And the distractions and the lies can pull us away from that, those opportunities that we have to really lock eyes with him and to sit there. So don't think because you um, still have a temporary struggle or a thought or something like that, that, um, that you are somehow, you've fallen or God doesn't love you or he didn't mark you as a son and daughter. That's a lie. And that would be just the thing that the enemy would want to remind you of. When in actuality, he has set you apart if you know him. And he wants to know you. He wants you to know him. And there is absolutely an, an assignment to steal that from your life. But if we keep coming back to him then we'll find um, then we'll be able to find our wholeness. Romans 8, verse 15 and 16, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Somebody needs to write this one down. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, by whom cry, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. Galatians 4, 7. So you are no longer a slave, but a son and a daughter. And if a son, then an heir through God. John 1, 12. But to all who died, who, but who all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Romans 8, 1 and 2. These are your weapons. The word of God is your weapon. When the enemy tries to tell you who you're not, you begin to tell yourself who you are. And just like Brittany said, you crawl up into daddy's arms and you allow him to minister to your heart and to remind you of who you are. And maybe for you, it's just you want to grab a hold of his hand and you want to go for a little walk and have a little talk. Or maybe it is that you need to sit at the table with him and you need to eat a meal and you need to spend some time with him. 
so that he can tell you who you are. Psalms 32, 7 says, You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. That is who he is. I asked the worship team to prepare a song um, to sing. Nate, do you have the lyrics for it? Okay. And uh, so as they sing it, I don't know if you're a visual or if you're a close my eyes kind of person or whatever you are, but I just want us to just give a few minutes. It's no longer slaves. And some of the lyrics are so beautiful because they say, you unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies to all my fears are gone. In Psalms 32, 7, it says, you surround me with a song of deliverance. Isaiah 12, 2 says, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The chorus says, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. That We just talked about that in Galatians. No longer a slave, but a son. 1 John 3, it says that we would be called children of God. Now we are children of God. That is who you are. Don't let the world tell you who you are. Don't allow the world to put labels and ideas of who re, trying to misidentify you. Let him re-identify you. So I'm just going to let this song minister to your heart as God does, just for a minute. Let him begin to do the work inside of you of showing you who you really are, that you're not full of shame and guilt, that he doesn't see you that way, that he sees you clothed in righteousness, clothed in righteousness. It's not about, God, what can I do for you? But he's just saying, come be with me, and then I'll show you all the other things. I'll show you all the other things. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.